A brief update. It's May the 12th, 2024. I've released just two episodes of this year. My father-in-law passed away in January. He bravely fought a multitude of health issues for well over 15 years. Rest in peace, John. My wife of more than 20 years, Lisa, is remarkably strong, much more so than I. Her outlook on life is always positive and has motivated me to resume my passion project. Research for new episodes is now well underway. Stay tuned and sincere thanks for subscribing to my podcast. An interesting little known fact about Sabalos, he was actually delivered blindfolded by the doctor, which is quite unusual. <laughs> so usually any time I start off with a little known fact, it turns out to be one of the worst jokes of all time. And you are in Australia right now. You're talking NBA basketball. You're talking great teams. You're talking great individual players. Takes it off and there's number 23. And of course, Johnny goes nuts. So I'm getting first bumps thinking about it now. I just tried to go out there and play my game. I have no idea what you're talking about, Adam. I don't like anybody. I'm not a people person. Strand, he made the pass. Yes. Christian, can you catch the ball? Yes. All the stars were aligned and all the muscles fired at the right time. And I was able to get off the ground and throw one down. I was saving that as a surprise for you. And now, introducing your host for In All Airness, Adam Ryan. Welcome to episode 22. Thanks for joining me. My website, inallairness.com. You can just add a forward slash and the episode number to view the show notes. I do encourage you to interact with the show. Simply visit facebook.com forward slash inallairness. You can add your like to the page and you can suggest topics for future episodes or guests that you'd like to hear from. Please leave voicemail comments or questions on either site. And I'd love it if you would subscribe to my show via iTunes or you can simply add my RSS feed. Just check out the right-hand sidebar of my website. You can hear the show on Stitcher, Player FM and many other podcatchers. You can follow me on Twitter at InAllAirness. I'd like to thank... Braden and Brent, aka Pain Train 24, for their written iTunes reviews. The show currently has nine five star ratings on the Australian iTunes store, which is just great. Since episode 21 went live, it's also received a two star review. So I'd like to thank Carl Malone for his input as well. If you add a review, I'd love to mention your name in a future episode. Your ratings and reviews are the ultimate assist to me, and it helps me to reach a wider audience. So thanks again. On this episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Aaron Steen. We break down the 1995 through 1998 NBA All-Star Games. If you want to hear us discuss the 1990 through 1994 contests, please visit inallairness.com forward slash 19. Now, on to the show. I'd like to welcome back Aaron Steen to the show. Aaron, how are you, mate? Good, Adam. Thank you for having me back. No worries at all, mate. Thank you for coming back. This is our second go-round at the... NBA All-Star Games and breaking down some of the action from back in the 1990s. So today we'll be talking about the 1995 through 1998 All-Star Games. So let's just kick things off by getting straight into the action, discussing the 1995 All-Star Game, which was held at the America West Arena in Phoenix, Arizona. And the West were big winners in this game. It was 139 to 112 in the West's favour. Now, the coaches for this event were Brian Hill from the Orlando Magic, he coached the East, along with Paul Westfall, who was coaching the Phoenix Suns at that stage. And our leading vote-getter was Grant Hill with about 1.3 million votes. 
I'll be honest, mate, I actually had not seen this game in full prior to researching for our chat today. Mitch Richmond was the MVP of this game. He had 23 points, four boards, and a couple of assists. So it's good to see Mitch Richmond getting the recognition that he deserved as an NBA All-Star, and he'll be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame later this year. In only 22 minutes, he scored those 23 points, so an impressive shooting display for The Rock. It was also the first of three games that the East started two small forwards at the two forward spots uh, in Grand Hill and Scotty Pippen against much bigger Charles Barkley and Sean Kemp. Mitch Richmond was the first Kings MVP since the big O, Oliver Miller. No, just kidding. Since Oscar Robertson in 1969, who was with the Cincinnati Royals, which later became the Sacramento Kings. And also another thing of note from that game, Grant Hill was the first rookie to finish number one in fan voting for the NBA All-Star game at that stage. So a couple of interesting tidbits there. One of the the first-time All-Stars that year was one of my favourite players back in the 1990s, being Cedric Sabalas from the LA Lakers. Uh, He had a great year that year, had a 50-point game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, averaged 21 points and eight rebounds, and just his activity on offence, uh, around the hoop uh, and a great rebounder for a 6-7 guy. Made his first and only all-star game but wasn't able to play in the game due to injury. He was one of the first-timers in the game along with Anthony Hardaway, Dana Barris, Finn Baker, Tyrone Hill from the Cleveland Cavaliers that year. An interesting little-known fact about Sabalos, he was actually delivered blindfolded by the doctor, which is quite unusual. <laughs> so... <laughs> Usually, any time I start off with a little-known fact, it turns out to be one of the worst jokes of all time. Moving on to more serious things, Gary Payton had 15 dimes, and speaking of coins, Penny Hardaway had a double-double in his first All-Star game. So he had 12 points and 11 assists, so a very strong showing there by Penny. We mentioned that Cedric Sabalos didn't play due to injury. Uh, he was replaced by Dikembe Mutombo for his second All-Star game, and Another play in this particular game that I only really saw for the first time this week was Shaq. He threw up a three-point shot that went about 19 feet, and the next time down the floor, Elijah won, cool as you like, drained a three-pointer from downtown. Akeem was essentially the anti-Shaq, wasn't he, really? He was, they were both fantastic players, but as far as their personalities and on- and off-court demeanours, they were polar opposites of each other. Yep. Anything else from that game that you wanted to mention, mate? No, because I can't remember anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. 1995, I'll, I'll be honest, I had not watched the game prior to the last week, so um, we'll move on to 1996. In 1996, the All-Star game was held at the Alamodome in San Antonio, Texas, and the Eastern Conference All-Stars were the winning team. They won 129 to 118. The Eastern Conference team was led by Phil Jackson of the Chicago Bulls, of course, and the West was led by George Carl, who was at this stage with the Seattle Supersonics. Now, it was a very close voting contest for the number one vote-getter of that particular All-Star game. Grant Hill got 1.358 million votes, and Michael Jordan was 1.341 million. So just pipped at the post there by Grant Hill. And Jordan was the MVP of the game, though. He had 20 points and four rebounds, shooting very well from the field with eight for 11. Shaq also had 25 and 10, but MJ was the MVP of the game. Now, this was MJ's first game back following that first retirement when he came out of retirement in 1995. So he came back onto the world stage by being the NBA All-Star MVP. 
It's quite amazing that Grant Hill got more votes in MJ in that game because it was very much the other year of the bull that year with MJ making his uh, his comeback, his first full season after his um, sabbatical playing baseball. That was quite strange that Hill uh, received more votes than what he did. Yeah, I actually was quite surprised when I looked over those numbers just before we chatted. Still surprised that Hill just got the nod ahead of MJ from the fans. You'd think it was a MJ frenzy back at that time particularly. Now, there were numerous debut All-Stars in this 1996 All-Star game, including two who are still current-day players, incredibly. Jason Kidd made his first All-Star game appearance, first of 10 All-Star games, and now he's in his 19th NBA season. So too is Jawan Howard. It was his one and only All-Star game appearance with the Washington Bullets at that stage. And he's also in his 19th NBA season. So a couple of mainstays there that incredibly are still around from back in the 1996 (laughs) era there, mate. And no rookies uh, either in this game. It was a pretty weak draft class at the time. Uh, You had a couple of players like Rasheed Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse had decent careers or are having, sorry. And the one most notable rookie that year who didn't make the game was future Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett. True. And another couple of debut All-Stars, Glenn Rice made the first of his three All-Star game appearances for the Charlotte Hornets and Terrell Brandon of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a two-time All-Star and this was his first game as well. A couple of other quick players that do spring to mind after I did re-watch some of the highlights from this particular game. Patrick Ewing sent home an absolute massive hammer dunk that was preceded by four steps without dribbling, WWF style refereeing at its best. Do you remember the particular one I'm talking about? He had a monster throwdown going to the right of screen. Yeah, the four steps was something that Patrick got away with for pretty much the the second half of his career, so it was no surprise that he didn't get called for the travel uh, on that play. And the other big throwdown in that game was the one that Shaquille did on David Robinson. Yep, definitely. And there was also a couple of good Jordan dunks in this particular game. One of the ones was a semi-fast break dunk that he had where he actually didn't take a dribble inside the three-point arc and then just jammed it home. For the Western Conference, the glove, Gary Payton and the Admiral, David Robinson, led the West in scoring with 18 points apiece. I don't know if it's just my memory or not, but back in the 90s, it seems that almost all the All-Star squads were just filled with players who had... Nicknames, you could just call them by their nickname and you know who they are. This day and age, there's still a few good nicknames around, but not nearly the depth and breadth of what there was back at that stage. I was hoping that you weren't going to have a pause then because I didn't have anything to add to it. Oh, silence is golden. Obviously, it was just my memory. The East blew open the game in the third quarter when they outscored the West 41-22. to So that pretty much sealed the deal for the East to hang on and get the victory. They won by 11 points in the end. So that concludes the 1996 All-Star Game. Let's go on to 1997. It was held at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. The East were winners again with a 132-120 to scoreline. The coach of the East was Doug Collins, who was then with the Detroit Pistons. The West were led by Rudy Tomjanovich, who was with the Houston Rockets at that stage. And Jordan was the leading vote-getter. He had 2.5 million votes. MVP of the game this time around was Glenn Rice of the Charlotte Hornets. In just 26 minutes, he had 26 points and nine assists. Great effort by Glenn Rice. And he had 24 points in the second half, including 20 in the third quarter. And they were both NBA All-Star Game records. The occasion of that weekend probably makes it one of the biggest All-Star Games in uh, in history with the NBA at 50 celebrations. A lot of the 
NBA at 50 players were in a crowd at the time, including the guy whose record that Glenn Rice broke with his scoring in the second half being Will Chamberlain. Wilt was not happy. No, he wasn't. He always was one for statistics and being a leader in particular categories and took it upon himself just to dominate certain categories in order to be the league leader for that season. So to have a record like that broken, it was clear that I think they crossed to him later in the game and had a quick interview with him as well when he was in the crowd. Yeah, and I think in that short interview, he uh, also expressed his uh, disinterest in Glenn Rice and his scoring exploits in the second half. Yeah, that's, so that just did come to mind. As soon as you started talking about it, I realised there was a, a quick interview with him in the crowd, so he was certainly displeased with things. And it was the first time the NBA went with players wearing their own team jersey, So because it was the Eastern Conference that was hosting the event. The Eastern Conference All-Stars wore their home jerseys and, of course, the West would wear their away jerseys. So that was a good innovation by the NBA to bring that in. Yeah, I love the way that they did that with the home and away jerseys. I think that a lot of the All-Star game uniforms from the 2000s in particular have just been pretty average. So, yeah, I enjoy those two years in 97 and 98 when the players wore their own team uniforms. And speaking of the NBA at 50, given that the whole season was a celebration for the league, the halftime presentation of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, as voted by the media, former players and coaches, and included current and former GMs as well at the time, the players were selected irrespective of their position played, and there was only a few players that didn't make it. Obviously, Pistol Pete Maravich sadly had passed by that stage. He died in 1988. Shaq didn't actually attend the celebration because he had a knee injury and Jerry West from what I read online at least which I didn't realize at the time he wasn't actually in attendance because he had an ear infection and couldn't actually fly to the presentation so that's something I learned in the lead up to this chat yes and now I will read out the other 47 players who attended the NBA 50 celebration for the no actually I won't really but wonderful wonderful weekend the all-star game that year was inexplicably in Cleveland and as someone who has made the trip to Cleveland I'll, I'll make it clear that I, I went there to watch the uh, the Bulls play the Cavs but uh, yeah not sure why uh, the NBA would choose Cleveland for an all-star game so let me just add to the list. You've ticked off Danny Manning, Carl Malone, and now the city of Cleveland. All right, good one. Thank you for that, mate. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention was Peter Vesey was one of the 50 voting panellists, and in recent months he did actually offer up a couple of tweets. might have even been to yourself or Adam Howes. I can't remember who, who he was saying it to, but he said that he regretted not actually voting for Dominique Wilkins to be one of those NBA's 50 greatest players. In my opinion, the NBA at 50 list of the top 50 players of all time has no, no relevancy because uh, Dominique isn't on it. And uh, as you mentioned, a short Twitter conversation with Peter Vesey informed me that he thought that Dominique should have been on that list. I'm not sure if he was trying to sweet talk me at the time or not, but the NBA at 50 list, really small fry. <laughs> so probably the most important announcement and build up they had for the entire 1997 season was that list. So you're pretty much just writing it off. Gone. Gone. Fair enough. Now, this game also, the 97 All-Star game, it was the first ever All-Star game triple-double. Michael Jordan had 14 points, 11 boards, and 11 assists. So some may say he was unlucky to be overlooked for MVP honours, but Glenn Rice really had an outstanding game. MJ still died up the first ever triple-double. MJ had also one of his uh, signature moves from his career in that game, had a put-back dunk off Miss Free Throw which was awesome, uh, and also another dunk which is stuck in my memory from that game, a dunk that 
where Charles Spreewell threw down on Dikembe Mutombo off an alley-oop and Spree really put a bit of funk behind it. Yeah, I guess you could say it was yeah an awesome dunk. Yeah, some really good highlights in this game and that missed free throw dunk from Jordan. It was off the Grant Hill miss. Just a classic bit of footage where it shows him sneaking in from behind the three-point line in one of the replays and he just gets up and jams at home and he was really having a great time in that particular All-Star game as well. So he was pretty stiff to miss out on the MVP honours, in my opinion. Yeah, the, uh, the first time is in that game, uh, making their first appearance in the All-Star game, Christian Leitner of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Chris Webber, Tom Gugliotta, Chris Gatling, Eddie Jones, and uh, future Hall of Famer, as I mentioned before, Kevin Garnett made their first All-Star game appearances. Garnett is a 15-time All-Star. Christian Leitner was a guest on the show back on Episode 3. So if you have a quick look at inallearnest.com forward slash the number 3, You'll be able to hear that conversation I had with him, and I found him to be a really personable and interesting guy to have a conversation with. Did you actually have a chance to hear that conversation, dare I even ask, about my own my own chats, mate? Anyone who hasn't listened to it is uh, kidding themselves, really, not really taking life seriously. Blayton was one of the guys in the other uh, 90s that I had uh, white boy crushes on a few players in the in the, in the, uh, the 90s. Uh, Tony Kukoc was one. Christian Leitner was another one. I think it was because... I watched him play in college, and it was a, it was such a fantastic college player that I definitely had you know, high expectations for him in the NBA, and um, it wasn't too bad. He had a pretty good career, had a long career. Only made the one All-Star game, though. Yeah, I reckon he had a really good NBA career. Some people might think, oh, he wasn't a, a multiple All-Star, but how many players actually get to have a chance to represent their country on the arguably the only dream team? and then also have a many-year career in the NBA. I was pleased with the fact that he just replied back in a matter-of-fact answer and said, yeah, here's my phone number, give me a ring, and we'll chat. So he was one of the early guests on the show. So I do have a soft spot for him as well. Moving on, mate, 1997 game we're chatting about at the moment. Uh, Penny Hardaway and Vin Baker, they each had 19 points apiece for the East. It was also the last All-Star game for Joe Dumas, Patrick Ewing, Scotty Pippen, and Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, I think Joe Dumas made the team off an injury. Yeah, you're right. Alonzo Mourning was selected for the game but did not play because of injury, so Joe D was his replacement and a couple of other things to do with that. Patrick Ewing also didn't play. He was replaced by Chris Webber. Charles Barkley was out as well, replaced by Detlef Schrempf. Speaking of white boy crushes, I, I really enjoyed watching Detlef play during the 1990s. Uh, Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris Drexler. Chris Drexler, that's uh, Clyde's... <laughs> Evil twin brother. <laughs> exactly right. Clyde Drexler didn't play. He was replaced by Chris Gatling. And also Shaq was selected to play, but was also injured, as we said. And he was replaced by KG. So quite a few big names were out of that game. And that led the way for a few of those other guys to get their recognition that they deserved. I think for all of his good points in his extensive NBA career, I think that Shaquille not turning up for that weekend was... Pretty poor form, and I know that it's something that he got lambasted for uh, from pillar to post at the time as well. So He did. There was certainly no need for him to do what he did. Had a knee injury. That's a pretty poor joke there. All right, now, that just leaves us one more game to chat about to finish this 1990s collection of recaps here. It's the 98 All-Star Game at Madison Square Garden in New York, and the East were 21-point winners. It was 135 to 114. The East were led by Larry Bird, who was the first-year coach of the Indiana Pacers. And the West were led by George Carl, who was with the Seattle Supersonics at that stage. 
Jordan was the leading vote getter with one million votes, and he was also the most valuable player. Now, this was his final season as a Chicago Bulls player. He scored 23 points appropriately with six boards and eight assists, and it was his third All-Star Game MVP award. Loyal listener of ours, Mr. John Bolin from Indianapolis, Indiana, made the point of reminding me this morning that the 98 All-Star Game had a very strong Indiana Pacers influence with the head coach and also Reggie Miller and Rick Smith both playing in the game. I'd also like to remind him of what happened in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Oh, low blow, and he can't respond either, which is even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Easy pickings. Yeah, that's right. He's a diehard Pacers man, so I'm sure he'll be absolutely livid at that reference that you've just made there. But it was good to see the dunking Dutchman, Rick Smith. That was his one and only All-Star game. A few other debut players of note. Obviously, Kobe Bryant, it was his first of 15 All-Star game appearances, and it was the only time that Jordan and Bryant would match up when Jordan was with the Bulls, I should add. Tim Duncan, it was his first All-Star game, and now he's obviously played in 14 games. Antoine Walker. From the Boston Celtics, he played in three All-Star games. This was his first. And Smitty, Steve Smith from the Atlanta Hawks, had 14 points in just 16 minutes in his one and only All-Star game. He was a great entertainer. If there was ever an All-Star game made for a particular player, I reckon Steve Smith would be right up there. You mentioned that the amount of All-Star games that Kobe Bryant has played in is 15, which is also the same number of children that Sean Kemp has, who was a... A starter for the Eastern Conference in that game. Um, oh. Rick Smith had a, a very cool play, had a, a slick behind-the-back pass to, uh, to Jason Williams. Jason Williams also, it was his one and only All-Star game appearance, but he got 10 rebounds in just 19 minutes of play, so he had a, a good impact on the boards. And it was also Nick Van Exel's lone All-Star game. He had 13 points in just 20 minutes, so Nick the Quick lived up to his nickname there and lit up the scoreboard quite quickly. Kobe Bryant was the youngest All-Star Game starter ever at the age of 19 at that stage, and he had 18 points to lead the West in scoring, so pretty handy first outing there. In this 98 All-Star Game as well, Eddie Jones of the LA Lakers, he had 15 points and 11 boards, so a really good showing for Eddie Jones. Jordan was allegedly sick in the lead-up to this game. That was something which I'd forgotten about until I started watching the highlights again a few days ago. There was some comment that he was actually quite crook pre-game and wouldn't actually play. Well, that's probably why he won the MVP. Yeah, exactly right. We know what he's like when it comes to being crook and what sort of performance he can put in. Now, the East, their lowest point total for a quarter in this game was 33. So they were high octane for the whole four quarters, and that's what led to their eventual 21-point win. In the MVP award ceremony post-game, David Stern said Michael Jordan was the all-star of all-stars in one of his more memorable lines. One of the players who missed the 1998 All-Star game through injury was was Scotty Pippen. And as Hugh Holland was one of the officiating career during that game, it's probably a good thing that he didn't play because he would have fouled out pretty quickly. (laughs) Exactly right, particularly if... Hubert Davis was in the building. For those unaware, of course, we're talking about the the phantom foul that was called on Scottie Pippen in Game 5 of the second round 1994 playoff series between the Bulls and the Knicks. Absolute disgrace in terms of an impact on a series tied at two going into that pivotal Game 5. And then Hugh Hollands calls that phantom foul on Scottie Pippen. A really tough call, and that obviously swayed the series in favour of the Knicks who went on to win in a tough seven games. 
in the 1999 NBA season, it was just a 50-game regular season due to labour-related issues. So there was no All-Star game held. It was actually cancelled. So that does bring us to an end in terms of the 1990 through 1998 All-Star games. Uh, I've really enjoyed looking back over these games and, and reminiscing a bit, mate. Do you have a favourite All-Star game out of all those ones we did mention throughout the 1990s? Is there one that particularly stands out for you? I probably would go with the 1996 All-Star game for mine. I really enjoyed that one in San Antonio, but it's really hard to separate some of those. Any game where Jordan ends up with an MVP, I'm going to be quite partial to it. I probably can't choose one. I'd have to go with the 91 and 97 All-Star games. I think that the thing about the 97 All-Star game was... Yeah, the uniforms. Love the fact that they wore their own team uniforms and both teams had pretty cool lineups. They had quite a few first timers with a few injuries on both sides. Guys like Chris Gatlin making an all star team. Yeah, it was a little bit different. Another thing, 1998, I'm one for numbers. I do enjoy some symmetry with certain numbers and things. I'm a bit of a weirdo in that respect. But Jordan scored 23 points. So obviously he matched his uniform number. He had six rebounds and eight assists, and they won six titles in eight years. I'm always keen on that sort of stuff. So 1998 just rocketed up to number two just based on the fact that he had those stats. You just came up with that now? Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats right now, and it just jumped out at me that he had 23 points and then six and eight. And another totally irrelevant stat that I'm sure people would love to hear is that the Bulls won their sixth title in eight years on the same day that I turned 23, which is quite ironic. You are nothing if not adaptable. I turned 23 on June the 14th, 1998. was my 23rd birthday. It was also the sixth title in eight years for the Bulls. Six plus eight equals 14, and my date of birth is the 14th. So totally awesome. That's obviously it was meant to be. 14 being the number of times that you've mentioned that they won six titles in eight years. <laughs> on one episode. On some quite irrelevant stats there, but I like to always <laughs> relate it back to something to do with me. That will pretty much conclude the All-Star Game recaps of the 1990s, mate. Is there anything you'd like to add in general about the NBA or anything that you think needs to be added? No, I'm more concerned with the fact that you think that you've turned into the John Laws of, of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot the camera's on. I for those, obviously, no, but I was going to say for those that can't see me, which is everybody, <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting back in my chair with my hand, hand up to my mouth, just leaning into the microphone like I'm some sort of veteran radio broadcaster. The millions of listeners that will, will get to this podcast, I am the only one who gets to see the video footage of Adam delivering the goods and uh, needless to say, it's exquisite. <laughs> it's a frightening frightening video image so i do apologize for that uh, mate but thank you for putting up with my carry on and nonsense you've uh, kept the show afloat basically it's what i do very well said just before we wrap things up mate how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out and hear more of what you have to say i can be reached on twitter my handle is at steeny spell s-t-e-h-n-y and I'm also one of the co-administrators of the official Johnny Red Kerr Facebook page. Uh, it's a, a page for us to honour the late, great Johnny Kerr, who was the first head coach of the Bulls and a long-time broadcaster. So it, anyone who would, would like to chat Bulls or anything NBA-related, that's how I can be reached. Excellent, mate. Sounds very good. You can access the show notes by going to inallairness.com forward slash 22 number 22 and you'll get some information about what we've been chatting about today i want to thank everybody for listening i hope you've enjoyed the episode it's been great reminiscing about the 1990s all-star games 
Thanks again, Aaron, for joining me, and uh, we'll be chatting again sometime in the near future, I'm sure. Giddy up. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and share my web address with your friends and colleagues, inallairness.com. Check out the podcast archive for plenty more episodes with high-profile guests. Follow me on Twitter at inallairness. Please visit the show's social hub, facebook.com slash inallairness. Join me next time for another edition of the show.